Labeled permanently and totally disabled at age 27, today's guest had to live in a room with nothing in it except chairs and a lamp as a result of extreme chemical sensitivity. She shares a journey of years of recovery in her book entitled Love is the Healer. She has appeared in documentaries produced by ABC Australia, ABC USA and BBC Great Britain. Welcome to the show, Marian. How are you doing? I'm great, Toby, and thank you so much for having me today. Thank you so, so much for joining me on this episode of Mirror Talk Podcast. I really appreciate your presence here. I am so happy and delighted that we, you know, we spent so much time before present recording to you know get to know each other and to discuss a little bit that was so that was so awesome thank you so much for that and i'm i'm so you know moved by your story also like you know being in isolation for a long period of time after your graduation in michigan and you know um having to go through that journey of recovery i don't know will it be okay for you to share this story of um healing and recovery with me and can you tell us how it all started yeah well um I finished my master's degree from the University of Michigan when I was 25, and uh, my degree was in social work, so I wanted to help people and change the world, and I was on fire to do it. I'm a Sagittarian. I have a lot of passion for whatever I do, and within three months of that, I was hit by a car crossing a street in a blizzard. The woman didn't see me, and within 18 months of that, a year and a half later, my immune system had collapsed completely. And I had become very, very sensitive to any chemical in the air, food, and water. And of course, in 20th century and 21st century life, so much that is in the air, food, and water is a chemical. So yeah. uh, I reached the point where I was 32 kilos or 69 pounds, and mm-hmm. I was couldn't eat and I was very weak and just by grace there could be no other explanation by grace I landed in front of a doctor who had studied environmental medicine Mm. and she asked me a few questions like uh, how do you feel when you put gasoline in your car and I said oh I love that smell I've always loved that smell And how do you feel when you polish your nails? I said, oh, I love that smell too. And she pieced it together that I was actually somebody who from a child was very responsive to chemicals, but I would get a high as a child. I mean, I wouldn't go out and sniff (laughs) nail polish, but when it it was there, I would go, oh, this is, I love this smell. So she pieced Mm -hmm. it together and said, you're very, very sensitive to chemicals. And the only way you're going to recover is to get away from them so your immune system can get stronger. And that's when she suggested that really to save my life, I should live in a bubble. And that's a room, Mm -hmm. well, in my case, some bubbles might have a little more in it, but I was Mm -hmm. so sensitive at that time that all that was in the room were three old wooden chairs and a lamp. So that meant there was no paper, there was no pen, there was no books, there was no clothes, there was no phone. It really was just three chairs, a lamp, and me. And how did that feel like for you, like to live in a bubble, like to be completely isolated from the rest of the world for a very long period of time? How was that experience like? At first, Toby, it was a relief because Mm. everything I was near in the world caused pain, everything. 
So I was living in constant pain, couldn't eat. I was fighting for my life. So when I got into this room, my whole body relaxed because there's nothing here that can hurt me. The chairs are fine. The lamp is fine. I just sit here. I'm okay. But then naturally, after three or four months, you know, a depression started. I wouldn't say I was clinically depressed, but I certainly felt burdened by the fact that I was only 27 years old and this was my future. This was my life. At that point, I had been labeled uh, permanently and totally disabled by the United States mm -hmm. government. They presumed yeah. I would never work again, and I was given a pension. So, yes, it was a relief, but on the other hand, I didn't have anything to look forward to. This, this was it, just sitting mm -hmm. there. So that was yeah. hard. But let me finish with the positive note because it was very positive. I had a lot of friends, and they... Mm -hmm were determined to make sure I wasn't lonely. And they were determined to help me. And so they came every day and they had new ideas of things I could try, all kinds of things to strengthen my mind, strengthen my heart, my, my emotions. And uh, so I was constantly being fed by others <clears throat> in that room. Yeah. yeah. So you were, oh, you were able to allow friends to come into the bubble, but without their, you know, um, mobile phones or well, it anything that's before control. the days of mobile phones so we didn't have to worry about them oh, it was the late yeah. the early 80s late 70s oh. early 80s um so it was okay. before mobile phones and they they all were very careful i mean they never mm. would go fill up their car with gas before they came to see me never oh, they would also yeah. bring an extra set of clothes so that if they came mm. in and I started to say, I'm getting the pain. And the pain meant there was a chemical. They'd say, don't worry, mm. don't worry. I'll just go out. I have a new set of clothes. Um, I'll put them mm. on. We'll try again. So mm. I was okay because people worked very, very hard to make sure they didn't bring anything into the room that would be a problem. Oh, that's so beautiful. That's the power of, you know, having great friends around you and yeah, people that support you in your, your, in your journey and every phase of life that you are in. It's critical yeah. if you're chronically mm. ill. It's critical mm. with chronic illness that you feel mm. support and fortunately today because of the internet you don't necessarily have to have people visiting you every night there's all kinds of support available on the internet that's true internet. yeah that's true so um i got to understand that you know from your your journey or during your experience you you got to know what courage truly means like you had to you know have that courage to go through this whole journey of the pain, the, the dark faces, almost getting depressed and, you know, being isolated also. So from, from, from your experience, can you tell me what courage means to you? How would you define courage and how can we, you know, learn from this experience? So how, can become, how can we become courageous? A great question. It really is. Um, you know, courage comes from a, a, a Latin word, heart. And mm. um, it's a great question because... People often said when you were in the bubble, you were always smiling. And, you mm. know, one would ask, well, how was I like that? Uh, it's, it's, it's probably goes to the core of my existence. I think I, I, um, I love life. I really love life. No matter how hard it is, I love being able to learn. I love being able to grow. I love being able to help someone. Mm. I, I love opening up more and more and letting people's love in. So the courage came, I think, from the heart, from this love. It, it, my own love inspired me to go beyond that part that would say, oh, I'm not going to try anymore. I don't care anymore. Yeah. This is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I'll never have a life. 
that love just pulled me to, no, I'm going to try. And yeah. I think the biggest breakthrough for me was when the day I knew this illness was not just physical. Mm. Now, I was very, very lucky because I turned to my doctor one day and I said, what causes this? How yeah. does somebody get to the point they can't have a pencil near them without mm. curling over in pain? I said, what caused this? And Toby, you'll love the way she answered it because the conventional medical approach mm. says there's one cause for one effect. Yeah. But the holistic approach says, no, that's not true. There mm. is not one cause. So when I asked my doctor, mm. Paula, I said, Paula, what caused this? What made me like this? She answered with one word. She said, everything. Everything, everything caused it. So what that Whoa. did for me, Toby, instead of thinking, oh, it's plastics. Oh, it's pesticides. Oh, I've got to keep those away from me. That's all I have to do. I began mm. to think, wait a minute, if everything caused it, then everything can help me get well. Yes. So I started to think, I started to reflect on mm. my emotions and my thoughts. How did they have something to do with it? Mm. So the turning point was the day I was in the bubble. Of course, I had to go into a bathroom, but I could do it. I could do it. The bathtub, bathroom was modern, very new, and it had a fiberglass bathtub, which is very bad for someone as sensitive as I am. So mm. I knew that I could go in, hold my breath, take a quick shower, brush my teeth, and get out of there. I, I knew I could hold my breath and have no symptoms because I wasn't breathing a chemical. So one day mm. I went to go into the bathroom, and I put my hand on mm. the doorknob. I was not mm. out of the bubble, and mm. I got the pain. I got the pain mm. that I would get if I were in the bathroom breathing. And I said to myself, this is impossible. I'm sitting right in the bubble. Five seconds ago, I was sitting in the bubble. Now I'm standing up. How come I have the pain? I said, I got to try this again. So I moved my hand slowly to the doorknob and I got the pain. Ooh. And then I finally went right into my body. I said, what's going on? Mm. And I said, I'm scared to get out of the bubble. I'm scared uh -huh. to be alive. So I started to see this dichotomy that, yes, mm. there is a love of life, there's a passion of life, but there's also a great fear of life in mm. me, a great mm. fear, and it's been there since I was a little girl. So that was so, I can't tell you the opening that was, because I said, mm. oh, my God, if a part of me is scared to go out of the bubble... Well, I'm never going to get out of this place unless I start dealing with that fear. Hmm. So as I go to as I'm understanding right now, like um, that fear caused that pain, even though you are in the bubble where you're not supposed to feel any pain, but the fear of living in the bubble induced that pain into your body system. No, it was already there. It was already there. It's already there. But the reason I had never really dealt with it, even though I was troubled as a child, sent to a psychiatrist, certainly I wasn't normal as a child at all. But the reason I hadn't been able to get closer to it is because I, I was an extremely high achiever. 
extremely high, always trying to be the best, always trying to do more, always trying to get awards, you know, just pushing, mm -hmm. pushing, pushing. And when you push like that, believe me, you don't slow down enough to notice you're frightened. You just keep pushing. So what do you do with the fear? How do you get rid of this fear well, in order to what, move forward in life? Well, what we know, because I'm a therapist, you know, my, that's what my degree is in. You know, I, I work yes. every day helping people do just this. How mm. do we deal with fear, sorrow, and anger? And mm. believe me, I think this should be taught in every elementary school because people then, if they don't learn this, then later in life, you know, they're stuck. They're either over drinking, they're smoking, overeating, they're doing tons of things just not yeah. to feel. And if we mm. just learned, if we could teach children, how can you feel your pain and release it? This is emotional intelligence, not, an, not intellect, um, you know, IQ. This is EQ, emotional intelligence. How do you feel it? Release yeah. it. So I'll give you mm. what I did for myself, what I do with clients. In any situation, any moment that the body mind, and that's, I refer to the body as the body mind, because it's one and the same, they're absolutely connected. All your thoughts affect the body. The body affects how you think. All your emotions affect the body. How the body feels affect, affects your emotions. They're absolutely connected. So I refer to it as the body mind. In any moment, Toby, that the body mind is distressed, hmm. you will find tightness somewhere in the body. So, for mm -hmm. example, if you are crossing a street and a car comes quickly yes. and you register, oh, that's a very obvious example, you will find mm -hmm. tightness in about four different places easily. So anytime mm -hmm. we get upset, we tighten. That's just what the body does to protect us, to try to lock in the pain, hold it back. Mm -hmm. So the key is to take awareness, take attention, and yeah. find that tightness. Don't drink to get away, don't eat to get away, don't smoke to get away, but go closer to that tightness. Because mm. when we go into that tightness with our awareness, yeah. when we bring mm. it in there, that causes the tightness to break up. It literally starts uh, to dissolve. Yes. One great uh, psychologist, very well known for her understanding of emotional pain is a woman named Joan Rosenberg. And she says that if we would just learn how to feel the pain, usually in 60 seconds, it will go away. But we can spend mm -hmm. our whole lives trying not to feel the pain. So to conclude mm -hmm. the answer to your question, I was in a uniquely wonderful circumstance in that bubble because I couldn't achieve a damn thing. I mean, in the world, there was no achievements I couldn't yeah. try to impress anybody. I couldn't try to be the best in the class. None of that. I just sat mm. there day and night on a chair. So I had an incredible opportunity to observe my fear, my sorrow, my anger, and learn how to start finally feeling them and releasing yes. them. Wow. wow, that's so beautiful. And from that, you, you learned a lot, I believe. Like in your book, Love is the Ila, you documented you know, your journey of recovery in every in you know in the bubble also. Um, can you tell me more about your book and why do you title it Love is the Ila? Well, yeah, I was just going to say I forgot the most important part. <laughs> I mean, yes, <laughs> I had to do my part. Believe me, I wouldn't be well if I didn't work hard. There's no way, you know, there was no fairy godmother who could take it all away. I had to mm. go through a lot, a lot in that bubble. 
But yeah. as I mentioned to you, I had a lot of friends and they really helped me. But one day, a, a, a miracle really happened. A, a man mm. came to visit me. I didn't really know him that well at all, but he, he came to visit me. And um, uh, after he left, uh, I called a friend of mine. I, I was given a phone. It was made out of wood, no plastic. And it was yeah. outside of the bubble. And I could put my hand outside the door and pull mm -hmm. it up and talk on it for about a minute before I'd get pain. So I was mm -hmm. able to use a phone. So after this man left, I called my friend and I said, something really, really bad has happened. She said, what is it? Because she thought maybe I was dying or something. She said, what happened? Yeah. I yeah. said, I've fallen in love. Oh. And she said, well, what's bad about that? And I yeah. said, who's going to want me? Look at me. Look at mm. me. I look like a ghost. I'm so pale. I'm so thin. I just sit on a chair all day and all night. Who's going to want me? I said, this guy isn't mm. going to want me. And she said, you have to trust. You have to trust. I said, okay. So I stayed up all night. Well, it's easy to stay up all night because I didn't have a bed. So I, I just sat on the chair and all night long, I just went, I choose to trust. I choose to trust. I choose to trust. I just tried to get mm. it into my brain that maybe this man would like me too. Mm. So the next day the phone rang. And as I said, I reached my arm out of the bubble. I picked it up and it was this man. And he said, I had a lovely time visiting you. Could I come back to see you? And I got off the phone and I just started crying because I thought, my God, you know, he, he, he likes me, you know. So we've yes. been together 43 years. Um, wow. And he's had to go through a lot because unfortunately, after I got out of the bubble, twice I've almost died from pesticide exposures. They were unintentional. It's just I went into mm -hmm. places where there was pesticide spraying and I mm -hmm. almost died. And he's had to just pour everything he had into keep me alive keeping me alive. So the reason I titled the book Love is the Healer is because this body mind that was so frightened of life, even though I loved it, I was frightened of being alive. This body yeah. learned in the presence of his love and his devotion and his caring. I learned to open up, go way beyond my fear and defy every prediction made for me. Every prediction was I'd be very lucky to get back in the world. I'm in the mm. world. I've taught at universities. I've been, I've lived in eight or nine different countries. You know, I've defied all the predictions. And I don't say that in an arrogant, boasting way at all. Yeah. I say it very yeah. humbly. It's, it's a miracle. Yes, I worked hard, but I was very blessed to have somebody and all my other friends as well support me and invite me to go beyond my fear. Yes. Love conquers fear. Love, love brings healing That's into our lives. Right, Toby. That's why I titled the yeah. book that way. You know, it really, it, and, and the, that's why I say the bubble was perfect because if I were out in the world and he came into my mm. life, I'd be, oh no, I've got to work hard and, I, and then I want to do this and then I want to do this. But there was no doing. Yeah. I couldn't even touch a pencil. I just sat there. Mm. So there was no way to deflect it. There was no way to push it away. It was just mm. right in front of me and I wanted it. Wow, that's so beautiful. So for people who love to read this book, where can they get it to read it? It's, it's it on Amazon, um, you know, Amazon Germany, Amazon Spain, Amazon UK, mm. Amazon Australia, Amazon 
USA, Kindle, it's on all the, you know, places you would expect it to see. Or if people, you yeah. know, some of my clients say they don't, as I said, I'm a therapist. Some of my clients say, I don't like Amazon. I don't want to buy anything from Amazon. I say, okay. Mm. Then you go to the publisher because they have a wonderful bookshop. So it's called Book Baby, Book Baby. And they have a bookshop and you can get it direct from them. They send it out the next day. If you're in the United States, in Europe, of course, you wouldn't do that because the postage would be mm. prohibitive. So Amazon yes. or people in the United States, Book Baby Bookshop. Awesome. That's great. So this information will be available in the show notes of this episode. So anyone who's interested in reading about the holistic approach that um, Mary Ann had to, you know, go through, you could, you know, click on the link, order the book on Amazon or buy it from the bookstore also in the book USA. Bookshop, yeah. Yeah. It's definitely book a story bookshop. of a holistic approach to healing. And a lot of mm. people with chronic illness, Toby, have understood that they can't just rely on a physical change like just changing the diet, just taking a mm. pill, they begin to understand mm. their whole body and mind and emotion and spirit are involved yeah. in the illness, in the creation mm. of it and in the healing yeah. of it. Yes, yes, that's true. I'm talking about, you know, holistic approach to things. Um, when you are in the bubble or in this, you know, stage of recovery that you, you had to, you know, go through, you, you learned or you explored the connections between the mind, body, emotions, and the spirit also. And I find it very fascinating because I would love you to explain this to me. Like, how, how, do, how were you able to explore this, the connections between your mind, body, emotions, and spirit? And what did you learn or discover um, during this journey? Okay, well, first of all, just for your listeners, if you think of a pie a round pie, mm. and you divide it into four big pieces, body, emotion, mind, and spirit. Body, of course, yeah. the physical body. Mind, our thoughts, our beliefs, our attitudes, including our unconscious beliefs, things we don't even know we believe, but they've been sitting in us. Mm. Our emotions yeah. are, of course, our emotions, including unconscious emotions, things that are there that have been too frightening to feel and we push them down. Spirit, of course, is that capacity to feel beyond ourselves. What is beyond the body? The body will die, but what is beyond the body? How do we allow awareness to feel what's greater than ourselves? So those are yeah. the four quadrants. So the holistic mm -hmm. approach says that in any moment of life, all of them are interacting, all of them. So let me give you an example. Let's say a person is depressed and that person um, eats a lot of dairy products. We may find that the depression doesn't really have a lot to do with uh, something that happened two months ago. It may be that the dairy is affecting the brain and causing the brain chemistry to uh, be off, so to speak, and depression to occur. So there's the body affecting emotion. On the yeah. other hand, we ha may have a person getting ready to do uh, something at work that's very difficult, and the mind keeps saying, I'll never be able to do it. I'll never be able to do it. I'll never be able to. It's mm. much too hard. I can't do it. The next thing we know, yeah. the body fails, quote unquote, fails at the test, more than likely mm. because the brain is just pumping through the message, you can't do it. Um, then we have a person who's working hard to get well, but they're dying. They are dying and they're beginning to, I've helped a lot of clients die. They're accepting the fact now the body will die. Those clients who can feel beyond the body to whatever mm -hmm. they want to call it, love, 
consciousness, being, truth, whatever they conceive of it as, yeah. those clients will continue to heal even while they're dying. In other words, spirit will eclipse the body. There's an example mm. of that holistic nature. Yeah, the body's dying. Of course, it's dying, but that doesn't mean there isn't more growth, more healing happening because attention is moving beyond the confines the of the physical body. So in any yeah. moment, these four are interacting. The key when you have a chronic illness is to try to figure out what are the dominoes? What are the ones that are affecting the others dramatically? So in mm -hmm. my case, if I had just worked with my emotions and thoughts and stayed in the world with the chemicals, I'd be dead now. No question mm -hmm. about it. I was just dying. It was too much. So we had to get to the physical first. We had to get me away from those chemicals. Mm -hmm. However, if we just had me sitting in that bubble every day on a chair by myself, feeling sorry yeah. for myself, feeling I'll never have a mm -hmm. life, blah, 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 blah. I wouldn't have gotten out mm -hmm. of the bubble. I just wouldn't have gotten out of True. it. So in True. that situation, the first domino was the body addressed that. But then we had to look at what are my thoughts? What are my feelings, including my unconscious ones, like the one I mentioned mm -hmm. a few minutes ago, when I touched the yeah. doorknob and heard, I don't want to get out of the bubble. I'm too scared. We had mm -hmm. to address those. And every time I got through one of those thoughts, one of those emotions that was stopping me from recovery, my body got stronger. So that's the holistic approach. And today, fortunately, the sky's the limit. There are so many modalities, that means mm. therapeutic approaches, that yeah. begin with this holistic approach. So they might do mm. something like a hands-on healing that relaxes the body deeply. Because if we can relax the body deeply, then physically it will start to get better. Then there's emotional freedom technique, tapping, which is used all over the world. And uh -huh. its basis is we can tap the acupuncture mm. meridian endpoints and we can reduce mm. stress in our bodies. Um, mm. I could, you know, I could talk about a hundred different modalities that today yeah. begin with. The body, emotion, mind, and spirit are all connected. And if we mm -hmm. work with some of them, we will affect the others. Yes, that's true. And that's why you, your specialization is in the, you know, the mind-body healing. You, you, yes. you practice the mind-body healing yeah. for people. Yeah. My so, work, it's, it's interesting what happened. I didn't tell one part of this story. Um, obviously, I'm very sensitive. Very. And I was mm. very, very sensitive as a child and nobody really knew what to do. My poor parents didn't know. They just kept saying, try not to be so sensitive. Well, that doesn't work. <laughs> if you're sensitive, you're sensitive. You know, your parents could of say, course. please don't be so sensitive. But, you know, I'd watch a movie and I'd cry for two days. You know, everybody else would be outside playing. And I can't. I'm so upset. So I'm very, very sensitive. So that's, of mm. course, one of the reasons why the chemicals affected me so much. Um, but I didn't mention this because it is it is. A really wonderful ending to the story. After one of the pesticide exposures in which I almost died, I was 40 years old and uh, my friends begged me to go see a psychic healer. Well, I said, I don't know what a psychic healer is. I don't know if she can help me. They said, you've got to go see her. You've got to go, go. I said, okay. So my husband drove me to her and we <laughs> sat down and she looked at me and she said, do you realize you can do this work better than I can. I said, well, 
to be honest with you, I don't even know what you do. And she said, do you realize how extraordinarily gifted you are? And I said, no, I, I don't think you understand. I'm not gifted. I'm sick. <laughs> I thought, well, maybe she's confusing me with somebody else. I'm not gifted. I am, you know, fighting for my life again. And she said, yeah. do you understand how sensitive you are? And I rolled my eyes, Toby, like, oh, my God, don't say that to me again. I just rolled my eyes. And my husband said to her, do you mind not saying that word? She doesn't like that word. Everybody tells her she's so, every doctor says she's so sensitive. So she got mad. She looked at me and she said, you've been given a gift and you're throwing it away. I said, mm -hmm. what? She said, you could be using this sensitivity to help people. I said, well, I, I, to be honest, I didn't know about, I don't even know what you're talking about. So she said, bring a photo next week of someone who's sick and I'll train you, no charge. So we got in the car and my husband said, do, do you want this training? I said, I don't even know what she's talking about. But let's face it, there's nothing I can do in the world. I can't go into any public building. I can hardly talk on a phone. If she thinks there's something I can do that helps somebody, I might as well learn what she's teaching. I don't even, I might as well learn it. Maybe I can do something. Mm -hmm. So I arrived the next week with a photo of my nephew. My mother sent it to me. She said he was not well. Nobody knew what it was. So I brought the photo to her and she said, look at the photo. I did. She said, tell me what's the matter with him. I said, well, I, I don't know if you heard me. I, I said, we don't know what's the matter with him. She said, close your eyes and open up your energy centers and tell me what's the matter with him. I thought, and she was very bossy. And I thought, oh my God, what am I going to do? So I knew where the energy, they were at the chakras, the chakra energy system. I knew where they were. So I just said this silently to myself. I said, wherever these energy centers are, may they all open up right now. And then I looked down at the photo. And all of a sudden I was in this person's body, my nephew's body. And I was feeling everything in his body. And I went, oh, <laughs> Oh, my throat. Oh, oh, I'm so angry. And she said, see, you've been doing it your whole life. You've been taking on other people's pain. Yeah. She yeah. said, you have to learn a good boundary and you have to learn how to use this sensitivity, not to get sick, but to help someone get well. Hmm. So... The next thing you know, it was a year later, I asked friends if I could work with them at no charge. I did that for a year. I just worked with anybody who wanted it. I just went in their body, just like I knew how to do. It was like flipping a switch, Toby. It was so easy. I'd been doing it all my life. I just didn't know I was doing it. And then I went in the body and then I could find out why the person was stuck. So let's say I work with a lot of women trying to conceive children and, uh, I work with women, there's no physical reason that they can't find any reason why they shouldn't, why they're not conceiving. So I go in yeah. their body and I'll find often, I'm too scared to have a child. I'm too scared. I'll find the stuff that they're not able to feel themselves. Mm -hmm. So the nice thing is that was, that was many years ago. So what happened is then I started to do this as my profession and I've been doing it for 30 years, working with babies before they're born, working with women who want to conceive, working with people who have health problems, working with people who are stuck. They just feel, I don't know what's going on, but nothing is moving in my life. And then mm. because I'm a passionate teacher, I um, went to hospitals and I said, could we teach the nurses a holistic approach to healing and that the mind and body are connected? So I started to teach in uh, hospitals 
And then mm-hmm. the next thing I know, I was teaching in four universities, medical students and nursing students, how to, um, how to recognize that the tissue often stored lots of stuff that the person wasn't able to feel. Now I knew I wasn't a fool. I knew these medical students and nursing students would not be able to use this in a hospital. I knew that Mm -hmm. that's not the way today is yet in the world, the healing is not that way in hospitals. But I felt Mm -hmm. that if they learned how to do this for themselves, then somewhere along their career, they would have the Mm -hmm. opportunity to invite others to see things from this whole person point of view and to understand that sometimes in the tissue there is content there is memories there is emotion that is affecting the outcome of healing of conceiving of having money of whatever a person mm-hmm. wants wow so all, all of this you know has to do with um intuition right or intuition or how do you intuition yeah, yeah. Ah, okay. Wow. That that sounds so, you know, so am- amazing. Like it's for me something completely new. But you said you were able to learn this and also be able to use it to, you know, heal other people yeah. or help them in their healing journeys. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I'm trying yeah. to give, I mean, there's so many examples I could give you. Let me just, mm-hmm. oh, here's a very dramatic one. I mean, sometimes the stories mm-hmm. are very dramatic, not always, but sometimes they are. A woman mm-hmm. called me, she was about 35. She had three young children. Uh, she was told she had motor neuron, which is a, you know, a degenerative disease, and one doesn't live long once the diagnosis mm. has been given. It was March mm. when she called me. Um, they said that she had till December. I made it clear to her that I, I couldn't mm. promise that I would make any mm. difference at all. I didn't want her going into this thinking that I was the answer. I couldn't do that. But I said, I'm mm. happy to do it, and we can just see if it's helpful. And she said, I'm not expecting anything, but I just want to see what you sense. So I went in her body, which is easy. As I said, it's like turning a switch. I can do it anytime I want to. I'm very ethical about it. I don't do it unless Mm. a client asks me to do it. So I don't go down the street and go in someone's body. I don't feel that's right. But if a person, Mm. a friend calls me and says, will you help? Of course I will. So I went in her body. And the first thing I saw, and I knew nothing, I knew nothing about her past, just that she was dying and she had three children. That's all I knew. So I went in her body and I saw a very tall man standing by a bed. And I saw her, she wasn't a child, she was a teenager lying in bed. The man was not hitting her or abusing her, but he was yelling. He was just yelling and yelling and yelling. And I saw her on the bed and she was saying to herself, not uh, quietly, not out loud to him. She was just very still. Mm. She said, if I'm not perfect, I'll kill myself. Oh. So I said that to her very gently. That's the art. You can't blast people with information like this. It's traumatic mm. stuff. Mm. It's stuff from their past that was overwhelming. So I just said it very quietly. This is what I'm seeing and feeling. Would you notice in your body what happens when I say this to you? Toby, she screamed so loud that I had to pull the phone away from the ear. It was in the day of Mm. phones, not Zoom. And um, Mm. she screamed and cried. I couldn't even understand what she was saying. It was just screaming and crying. But then as she stopped crying, I could hear the words, it's true, it's true. Now, she told me then her father used to come in at night when she was a teenager and just start yelling. He could stand there for two hours yelling at her. And the only way she could stay sane was she 
tried to get her anger to go back at him. Of course, she couldn't yell back. Of course, she couldn't hit him or anything like that. But what she did was try to get mad. But instead of going back at him, because she really couldn't, she turned it on herself. She said, if I'm not perfect, I'll kill myself. And uh, so she cried and cried and cried. And when we got off the phone, I, I remember just kind of doing a little prayer, like just maybe could this work? Could it be enough? Mm-hmm. You know, because of the mind-body connection, we know the emotions relate to illness. Could it be enough yeah. emotion released that that disease would go? You know, mm-hmm. we just had to hope. And I got, I got uh, the call a month later. They couldn't find any evidence of the disease at all. Wow! Yeah. Wow! That, that's yeah. too awesome. So, how, how can we? How can we let go? And how can we release what is holding us back? You know, in the realm of physical healing or financial well-being or in relationships, like from the examples you've mentioned already, like something was holding them back. Some the tension in the in the in the in their joints is causing the, you know illness for them, or you know emotions also could be you know causing disease or sicknesses for them. So, how, how can we? Learn, or how can we let go and release things that are causing our illness or setbacks? This is what I would suggest. Um, I would suggest relaxing first. Obviously, don't do it when you're in a car or anything like that, or you're at work. Just relaxing mm-hmm. and do what's called a body scan. First of all, put, mm-hmm. put what you're into. I should say first your intention. My intention is yeah. to uncover what's holding me back financially. My intention is to discover what's holding me back in my healing from my migraines just set the intention Mm -hmm. then i do Mm -hmm. a scan of the body it's called a body scan Mm -hmm. you just start from the top of the head and you just with your uh attention inside your body you just go down Mm -hmm. and find what's tight so you Mm -hmm. might let's say the throat is a very common tight place because people are holding back expression of emotion so let's say a person let's give an example what's holding me back financially. I work hard. I want to have money. I'll do good with the money. What's holding me back? Okay, let's scan the body and let's find where it's tight. Because as I said at the start of the recording, wherever there's Mm -hmm. tightness, there's content. There's something in there. It's not tight for no reason. It's tight because awareness went, no, don't feel that. It's too much. So let's Mm -hmm. say we have the person trying to get um, financial abundance. She's, this is, I'm making this up, but this could easily happen. She goes down to the throat. Oh, it's so Mm. tight there. Place attention right into the tightness. Don't run from it. Oh, it's Mm. scary. Go in, Mm. keep breathing, keep breathing. The breath is what helps you get through the feeling. In other words, Mm. you feel it on the in-breath. Oh, it's so scary. And on the out breath, oh, I'm letting it go. So go into mm. the tightness, rest there, and just ask, why are yeah. you so tight? Why are you so tight? Then the secret is to be ready to hear anything because we never know what the tissue is storing. So, for mm. example, in the financial abundance, you may get to the throat and you go in and say, why are you so tight? You just keep keeping the breath going there. Even if you're scared, just keep breathing. And you may hear something Mm. like, I don't deserve money. I don't Mm. deserve it. Okay? You don't throw it away. You don't let the thinking mind say, that's not true. You're a good person. You Mm. deserve it. If the body gives Mm. you that message, you let it be there. I don't deserve it. Then you Mm. might keep going down. And normally the diaphragm, 
the largest muscle in the body between the rib ribs, normally in any situation of chronic um, a chronic uh, problem, shall we say, a, a thing that isn't moving in life will be very yeah. tight. So you go in there. Mm -hmm. Why mm -hmm. am I not? Because I'm not good enough. I've never been good enough. Now, the secret again is to not go, oh, I am a good person. The secret is to let the tissue actually talk to you. Because mm -hmm. as one of the most famous trauma therapists in the world, his name is Dr. Bessel van der Kolk, said in the title of his book, he said, the body keeps the score. What he mm -hmm. means by that, Toby, is that your thinking mind will say, of course, I'm a very good person. But if as a child or somewhere along the way, a person got overwhelmed with the feeling that they were no good and that didn't get released, it will still be sitting in the body. The body keeps the score, even though the mm -hmm. thinking mind will say, of course, I'm over that. I've been very successful at my job and I'm very good. No, mm -hmm. if the body hasn't released that sense of I'm no good, I'm no good. If the body hasn't yeah. done that, then that will be tending to run the show in daily life unconsciously. The person won't have a clue. They'll be working really, really hard to make money, and they can't understand why it's not happening because the body keeps the score, and that unconscious content is pulling them back from the healing, the financial abundance for whatever it is they would like. Yes. Wow, that's so brilliant. Like, we have to, like, stay calm, state our intention, um, you know, listen to our body, go from the head to the body scan and listen and don't, you know, um, argue with what your body That's is telling right. you. Whatever comes up, like, like, um, like I've had three clients in one year, they all really mm. wanted children. They were doing IVF and everything. And I went mm. in bought their bodies. All three of them said right away when I got in, I don't want a child. Now think mm. about this. They're paying $10,000 for IVF in retro fertilization. Mm -hmm. They're working yes. like crazy, meditating, diet, everything to have children. I go in all three bodies in one year. They were right after another. And they all say to me, I don't want a child. Mm. Now they have a choice in that moment. They can say, you're mm -hmm. crazy. You're crazy, Marianne. Um, I don't want to talk to you anymore. Goodbye. Or yeah. they can say, let's explore this. Mm. All three of them said, I want to explore this. It was so easy to figure out why unconsciously they didn't want children. It was easy peasy to figure it out. Once we start exploring their past, we could easily mm. figure out why they didn't want to have children. So what we did yeah. in each of their case is help them feel that resistance. Instead of run from the, I don't want children, go right into it and feel the fear, the sorrow, the anger. So we did it in all three cases, all three Women have their baby boys. All three women have written me and saying, I wouldn't have Johnny without you. I just wouldn't. And I, and I understand mm. it's to be true. It's not so much I'm wonderful. It's just that by virtue of the intuitive ability, we were able mm. to get to that content that they couldn't get to themselves. Yeah, but like in that, in that example I just stated right now with the ladies who are trying to get babies, um, what's could have been stopping their body from not allowing them to have or to conceive. I can act, actually tell you in all, uh, in two, I can't remember the third, what was the reason with that one, but two out of the three, their own mm. 
their own pre-birth experience was not um, a safe one. They didn't feel safe coming into the world. Hmm. So you raise a very important question because yeah. we can have a trauma that's in the past. It's over. But then we can have something that triggers our memory of the trauma. Mm. Let me give you an example. I was hit by a car. Yeah. Now, I, I'm yes. not nervous walking on streets. I go everywhere walking. However, yeah. if I take a foot off the curb and a car comes around the corner quickly, mm. my body starts shaking. Mm. Now, I don't think every day, oh, I'm so scared to be hit by a car. I never think of that. But my body is what Bessel says. My body keeps the score. It remembers the mm -hmm. trauma of that car hitting me. That's called a trigger. When that car comes around that corner and my body goes, <laughs> even though it's not going to mm -hmm. hit me, I see yeah. it coming fast. My body is triggered into the memory of the past. So oh, as these women start thinking, oh, I want a baby, I want a baby, their body mm -hmm starts remembering what it was like before they were born. Their mothers are good people. They didn't, they weren't abused or anything like that, but their mothers uh, were scared of opening their hearts. That, that was the problem. So the mothers were very tight, very tight. They did everything, you know, they, the clothes, the food, they did everything and they were kind to them, but they couldn't give up their hearts. So when these women tried to have children, the body remembered what it was like for them before they were born, and the body then made the decision, we're not going to have a child. So by going into that content, feeling some of that memory of the past, releasing it, because as soon as we feel it, we start to release it. That's the secret. Go feel it. It'll start to release. Yeah. Then the body opened up, and they all conceived their children. Ah, that's so beautiful. I love that. You have to feel it, release it, and become healed from that. That's right. Feeling yeah. and releasing. And we can even do it when the body's dying. I really want to stress that because this very mm. material world we live in says death is death. Everything's gone. It is not true. It is absolutely mm. not true that we can, even on our deathbed, be going through our fear, going through our sorrow, going through our anger, going through our regrets, going through that which would hold us back from opening yeah. our awareness to what is greater. Wow, that's so beautiful talking to you, Marianne. I really appreciate everything I've been able to learn from you. Thank like, you. I'm sure there are people, th thank you so much. There are people out there who would love to, like, you know, get in contact with you, work with you, maybe, you know, get some, yeah, some of your services also. So, what's the best way to connect and work with you? Well, I would say just through, um, um, my uh, website and my name is very simple, Marianne, M-A-R-Y-A-N-N-E, mm -hmm. all one word. And my last name is S-E-A, just like the ocean. I'm also yes. on Facebook, so people can ask to be a friend and I'll, or whatever it's called, contact, and I'll say yes. Um, and I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I told you, <laughs> Toby, before we started, I'm half German, so I'm, I'm yes. quite responsive. I mean, if somebody writes me, they'll get an answer within 48 hours maximum. And I love, I mm. love connecting with people. I love, I love, I love participating in the healing journeys of people. I think that's why, in part, I worked so hard to get well. I, I mm. really wanted to be back in this world, and I really wanted to do something with what I had learned through my 20 years of environmental illness. Yes. And so beautiful and so wonderful that you're using your experience to help other people to become, you know, 
better people and to get their own healing also. That's so awesome. Thank you so much, Marianne. Toby, thank you so much. It was wonderful to talk to you. Wow. You made it to the very end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I'm grateful for your time, your love, and your contributions. Subscribe, like, review, and share this podcast. God bless you. Bye. Bye.